You guys are listening to a very special episode of LAME, the Lexington Advocate Marxist Experience. I'm Aaron Jenry is taking the day off. We are doing a special interview with some folks over at the Counselors Over Cops uh, organization. They are organizing, you're from our last episode, the um, the rally that's going on on Wednesday, which you should all attend. It is at the former FPCS public school building um, or the public school, the public school administration building. Um, and it's from three to five on Wednesday. So please uh, be there, show your solidarity with the Fayette County students. So we have uh, Allie, Elodie, and Melody here today. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having us. We're so grateful that you guys are having us on. Definitely. We're uh, really excited to have all of you on because you are all um, being like very influential in this whole movement of spreading awareness of um, kind of the policification, the police statification of our public schools, places that really don't need to be, um, you know, militarized or, you know, have any kind of connection with that kind of stuff. It's, it's um, it kind of like a, a weird trend that we've been seeing um, in, you know, the past couple of years and it's slowly creeping its way and making, uh, making its way into more and more schools. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say you know um, that we're happy to be here and uh, we're we're hoping that we can get more people involved in the movement and you know more people informed on what's going on in our schools. Yes, and. Um, if you so for the listener, if you haven't listened to the uh, last episode side B, I would definitely encourage you to after you listen to this one. Um, it gives you a lot of interesting data information about um, public school safety resource officers, um, the kind of shams that they are um, for really kind of producing a like false sense of security at the expense of student privacy and everything like that. Um, so it's a fascinating dive into that i would encourage the listener after they listen to this episode to um listen to the previous one that we had police uh but in schools i think is the title um so i guess uh starting off uh you know let's get into kind of what um for each of you like what made you really interested in spreading awareness of this this cause this kind of necessary idea like what really radicalized you I guess I can um start off I guess so um I've always been really politically active I've been even as a kid um you know through my parents and and in the past couple of years with the you know occasionally with the Black Lives Matter movement I got I got kind of involved in that and and learning the ways that you know cops are, 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 you know, conducting themselves in our, in our society was really disgusting to learn about. And then I kind of started to look at it from a perspective of like my life and in being in school and like kind of how weird it is to like walk in my hallways at a place that I'm supposed to feel really safe and see like armed guards essentially, you know, with, with guns and with tasers and handcuffs in a place that they doesn't seem like there should be anyone like that there. 
And, you know, learning more about it and like the fact that 47 states and the District of Columbia do not meet the recommended student to counselor ratio, which is like, whoa, should not be happening um, at all, uh, was was really like mind you know, boggling to me because it feels like, you know, our, our, our teachers and our, our specifically our administrators are, you know, focused on one aspect of our health in terms of like things like, you know, school shootings and stuff like that. And this kind of reactionary thing that they have going where they, you know, pump cops into our schools, hoping that it will stop this, you know, thing that's been happening. It's really tragic, but ignoring the fact that a lot of our students are going through mental health crises, both at home and at school and are really unable to cope with what's going on you know, with increased stress and, you know, problems at home, you know, putting a cop there is not going to help anybody else. And it's only going to, you know, make the situation worse. It's not going to make anything better. So I got super involved uh, through that. And, and having this uh, group has, you know, opened my eyes up to a lot more. That's good. Yeah, we need, I mean, we need, you know, young, young people, like really involved. I mean, I say this as a young person. Um, but, you know, younger than me, we need people involved in bringing this stuff to the forefront because, um, you know, people like me and Jenry, we're not in high school anymore. We're not, that's not our lived experience. Um, so, you know, this, all the stuff that's changing, uh, you know, we're not seeing it firsthand. Um, it would definitely, it's very important that we have people, uh, I guess, you know, we have little mini boots on the ground, uh, <laughs> walking around, walking around in our high schools, um, little lame informants, if you will. <laughs> we're infiltrating. Slowly, we will. Yeah. Um, if I can go ahead and explain why I got involved, uh, if Ali doesn't want to. Um, my brother, he's an older brother. He has ADHD. And um, he went to school before the 10-point safety plan was enacted. But, like, he was, like, super criminalized and, like, pushed out of, like, FCPS's system because of cops in schools. Like, as a middle schooler, like, had to retake freshman year. Like, I'll talk more about this at the rally, but, like, being patted down after lunch every day by an SRO as a 13-year-old for absolutely no reason, never once intoxicated, never once said anything, kind of every day, like, that, being in my family, watching that go down um, and watching my brother, like, drop out of high school and kind of just, like, watching my older siblings and people around me kind of fall into, like, the school-to-prison pipeline. Uh, really sucks like even now like as I'm going through high school I've seen like so many people that I was like friends with and um, like even elementary school like be lost to either like gun violence or the school to prison pipeline and, and it sucks and I've also kind of been turned away from like public schools like counseling system and it's like I'm working class and can't afford counseling or therapy because it's not part of me Medicaid which is another big issue but you know like kind of just there's no mental health support in schools that are valuable, no matter what the instance is. I mean, like the psychiatrist they have, the single psychiatrist is only offered to rich white people. And so I think I've kind of felt personally impacted and also seen people around me impacted by cops in schools, as well as being no, like, like virtually none mental health, like no mental health support. And the counselors there are not being trained to do their job correctly has like, definitely made me more passionate about the uh, campaign and what it's asking for because my personal is tied to it and kind of like being traumatized by police um, and the mental health like resources in schools, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, for me personally, it was just 
you see all of these teachers at your school and how how often they reach out to students and all of this and then you look at the statistic about how these like cops are earning tons of more money than the teachers are and just and they're just standing there and they aren't they aren't helping students and these teachers who are supposed to just be teaching us material are reaching out and wanting to help us and they get paid less than these cops who just stand there in the hallway and intimidate children who are like not wearing their id badge correctly or doing something really stupid and they'll like harass them about it and they're just taking away all of this money that i mean from the county and they're, they're putting it toward cops like out of everything that they could be doing they could they could be putting it toward more mental health resources um advanced counseling and not counselors who just care about your gpa and where you want to go to college and things like that and that's a serious issue that we need to stop and we need to redistribute this money toward things that students need that's um that's a really interesting point about you know the counselors um i was saying a little bit earlier before we started uh i came out of high school uh how long ago is that now three years three years out of high school um and i it sounds like from what i'm hearing now the whole, like the whole landscape seems to have just changed completely um we had we had one counselor we had one resource officer um for a high school with about a thousand students and um it's you know the counselors there they really it seems like they don't really care too much about your actual well-being they just care about um numbers and uh are you going to be trouble for the school and all that kind of stuff and the officers of course were armed but you know we never had um we never had pat downs we didn't have to have hall passes or anything like that um but or ids even like flashed um and even like going back to the school to prison pipeline um historically i mean the reason schools have like bells and very rigid timetables i'm sure you guys know this that um it was to get students you know in early in like 1920s ready for factory work because factories were all operating on bells and very strict timetables and this seems to me like they're getting students i mean it's literally a school to prison pipeline they're getting students ready for life in prison and that's just absolutely insane that they're not even giving them like a chance they're just saying you based on your socioeconomic status you are just destined for prison which is just insane it's true they will just signal you as a bad kid sorry for interrupting but like they will i've witnessed so many people like that are so much like they're very smart and intelligent but like once you're signaled as a bad kid you're stuck and safe for the entire year and there's nothing more you can do about like one instance where you have like a jewel on you at all like god forbid like you are struggling with any sort of addiction at all oh like you're in safe the entire time you don't get your right to education and you're gonna end up in jail and like even like making the comparison uh someone close to me like one of my family members whenever they like deemed him like a bad kid the consistent like oh all of you all are going all of you all you know hear me okay all of y'all are going to jail like them if that makes sense like all of you are going to jail like this person or they're going to end up in jail or just consistently like removing people from education just because they will deem you as a bad and good kid and most of the time the bad kids are all racially motivated so that's it's so gross to see and like i've vomit yeah and i think it's not you know it it is like the you know like like directing children to prison but also like preparing them for this like nine to five corporate capitalist work day that like 
shouldn't be happening. Like that's a whole different issue, but like shouldn't be happening at all. You know, I think we're meant to frolic in fields, but like, you know, we're training children to, to listen unequivocally to whatever any authority figure is telling you, whether that be like what the government is saying, you know, via our textbooks that are like, I have, I have like my, you know, AP Euro textbook that is just directly saying like any idea that is not capitalism is like evil heathen devil worshiping. And it's like, you know, our schools are so like our te- I, I feel horrible for our teachers because they're put in a position like what Ali was saying, like they're they're forced to be therapists. They're having to reach out to families and be like, I'm wondering why your your child is coming into my classroom at lunch and crying, you know. And some of the teachers that I know are wonderful, beautiful, amazing people who do so much, and they're getting paid like seventy five thousand dollars a year like max right and we have sros who are just there like intimidating children and in in cases like tennessee shooting them in the bathrooms and 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 killing people and glaring at children and intimidating them and they're getting paid ridiculous sums of money i mean like i think ali probably has the number but like how much we're paying sros in fayette county is bonkers like up the wall through the fucking window insane amounts of money and it doesn't make sense like 14 million students are in schools with police, but no counselors, no nurses, no psychologists, and no social workers. That doesn't make sense. I don't look at police officers and go, hey, I want to tell those about them about my sixth grade year. That was really traumatic. I want to go tell Officer McGee about that. I don't think that. I think, hey, I'd really like to go talk to my school counselor about this because it's bothering me. Like, for example, when I was, uh, I think, freshman year of high school, I was sexually assaulted in the cafeteria. And I said, I want to go talk to an administrator. The administrator brought in the police officers. And they're like, we're going to handle this with the police. And it's like, okay, yeah, like that guy probably deserves to go somewhere that's not here. But I wanted to talk to a counselor. I wanted to get this off of my chest because I had just been groped in the cafeteria. So like the way that we're going about this is so weird. And like, it doesn't make sense if you're looking at it from a logical standpoint. None of it makes sense at all. It just, it's like, you look at it and you're like, what What the hell are we doing? It, it's laughable. I have a similar experience um, at Tate's Creek Middle School. I don't even remember what was going on, but there was some issue with the sub. And like, I was just having a really bad day. Middle school was just a really bad time for me mental health wise, which is also what kind of radicalized me to be like, what the fuck is wrong with the mental health? Like what, oh, sorry, but like what the freak is wrong, you know? And then um, like we were talking or something and the SRO, one of them, like, came into the classroom. And I just absolutely, because I'm traumatized by police officers, but I just, like, lost my mind. Like, I was, like, hysterically crying. And the SRO was just, like, standing there, like, and I was, like, why, why is there a cop here? Like, why is there, like, I was literally talking to my friend. Um, and I was, like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, like, it was so weird to me that, like, instead of, like, I don't know, the school psychiatrist, which it was probably only there for one day out of, like, 15, was not there but like a fully armed police officer was trying to console like a seventh grader like back up you know Mm-mm. it's so weird it's I, and like meanwhile the um you know all the people in frankfurt and all the administrators they're getting paid you know top dollar and they say kentucky literally has a rainy day fund we have we have like three or five billion dollars that uh we just are like well we're saving it for a rainy day um, and then teachers come and they ask, can we please just be adequately funded? Can we just have like the minimum amount of funding? And the, you know, the Republican hypermajority in Frankfurt 
just says, mm, sorry, I don't think it's in the budget. Um, they just passed a bill that would let um, public dollars go to private schools. That's a whole different discussion in itself. Um, but it's just truly insane. I mean, the political project that's going on to basically take public schools and just defund them and remove them from our society in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers were pissed about it too. I mean, like when I was passing out flyers around school, teachers were so enthusiastic about it. They were like, finally, someone's doing something about this. Like these, these people who are taking our funds away from things that we need. And it's just like, even administrations, like you should place one over here where um, a lot of people will see this flyer if you place it over here and here and here and here. And they're coming out to this rally, um, regardless of if we're on tenure or not, they, they want to show up and they, they want to express their opinion on this. And that's, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I, it's really, it's really cool. Oh, you can go ahead. Well, I, I was just, I was going to agree with Ali. I think a lot of administrators, you know, a lot of them are really good people. And like I said, like a lot of the teachers are really great people and they want change so bad. And, you know, some of the kids that Melody was saying are that are labeled bad kids are like my friends. For so many people, these are data points and these are numbers on a billboard or they're numbers in a, in a data packet. And it's like, no, that's somebody I grew up with. That's someone I'm, I sit next to in biology. These are not just you know, lost cases. And the second that our school district starts looking at them as people that are, oh, well, that kid's too far gone, you know, that he has come from a broken home or, you know, he has, you know, like he has bad grades. It's like, well, if you actually looked at what's going on, maybe it's that, you know, I don't know, he has ADHD or he's autistic or he is dealing with a lot of stuff at home. They're not actually looking at these kids, but the teachers are. And the teachers are seeing these students. Like I have one teacher at my school, Miss Cabell, and she is wonderful like she is so attentive to the needs of so many students and I've probably gone to her room and cried seven times you know like she's there and and she's not getting paid enough at all and that's the that's the problem is is we're expecting our our, our teachers to do so much more than teach and we're expecting our SROs to like do therapy for our students now and it's like no I want the SRO to leave my school actually because they're not doing anything. I mean, majority of the time, they're not protecting us against school shootings. If you look at like what happened in Florida at like uh, Stoneman Douglas, there was an SRO there, he didn't do anything. That's like, I'm deathly afraid of a school shooting, but I'm also afraid of like, what's gonna happen to my peers if they don't get adequate attention. So there's, you know, two sides to a coin. If you're only gonna focus on one aspect of health, you know, not getting gunned down in our schools, and and gonna completely ignore the fact that a lot of the root causes of school shootings are mental health problems. Like, what are you doing? What do you expect to come of that? And uh, Kentucky has an eleven million dollar budget for schools that um, just for school safety and school resources. Um, and so, thirty three percent of that goes to the payment of SROs. The rest of that goes to fund things that support SROs. But a slim majority of it, or a slim part of it, actually goes to funding counselors, um, things that like people actually need, um, and instead it's supporting the militarization of schools that we're seeing. Yeah, and that's a problem, like a serious, serious problem. Like, I mean, my school, Henry Clay, uh, Melody, and I both go there. Is like we just got metal detectors, but like you know, it's no problem that like half of our students have depression. You know, they'll be fine. They're just sad. Like, it's 
like ridiculous the way that we're that we're we're looking at this and and like you said like a slim tiny little bit is going to like mental health support or our counselors and i've been in situations where like i desperately needed somebody to talk to and i went to where these counselors are supposed to be and there's nobody there and i don't think that half the time that that's the fault of the counselors you know i think that they're <laughs> you know they have like each of them have like 600 students to take care of so a lot of the time they're doing what they can but what they're able to do is limited by the fact that a they're not getting paid enough and b there's not enough of them so we need to like stop giving putting the you know shooter people in our schools and we need to like put more therapists and more counselors and more psychologists and people who actually know how to deal with children instead of like doing police brutality to them the Fayette County I know we I believe I know we spend about seven million dollars on SROs every year that's our uh like that's our funding for them this past year and then I think we spend maybe two million probably less than two million on student support services and I think that in addition to the mental health is five million so five million for mental health support and student services combined versus seven millions for people that like walk the hallways and tell you to walk slower or are like just glaring at you or like like look at you and then grab their gun like that's what that's that's the vibe I guess that we need to create for students and like as you're saying about how kind of the whole basis of this, um, the bells and everything like that, and having cops in schools kind of prepares students to go to prison, to work in a factory, to work their nine to five, like capitalism job. And um, like, literally, uh, we were talking about like the Michael Foucault uh, quote that was like, the barracks, um, hospitals, prisons, and schools, they all resemble prisons. They all resemble the same thing. They all represent like the state or like the authority having power over you. And it's like, you know, it's very prevalent. And I think by having like five cops, if not more consistently walking the hallways or watching you eat lunch, like literally two cops uh, just stare at me like eating my lunch every day and I'm supposed to feel comfortable with it. Like I'm supposed to be like, yes, like, let me tell you about like my severe depression and anxiety. Yes. Thank God. Like, let me tell you why, like I'm failing on my class. Yes. Thank God. Like someone's there for me. And it's just, it's so weird. Like hand on their gun all the time and everything. It's just, there's, there's no, I don't understand how any like person or administrator can possibly make sense of the funding differences and like why their presence is so like needed so much like inside schools. I don't One thing how people can like One thing I to bring up really quickly was just about like racial disparities in terms of who's getting arrested in our schools. Like specifically in Kentucky, black girls are seven times more likely to get arrested than white girls in our schools. Like it's like wait, hold on. Number one people are getting arrested in our schools whoa that's a big red flag and number two seven times more likely doesn't make sense specifically if you're looking at like who's going to Fayette County schools and who is going to Kentucky schools like I mean the like in Fayette County like the majority white and a lot of the Fayette County you know students are majority white and a lot of them are very wealthy like you know, Fayette County is a pretty rich area. So we have a lot of like rich white kids going to our schools and they're not getting arrested, but they're like the kids that I know that are smoking weed and that are doing the things that we've labeled as crimes more often than the black kids are, or the, the, the you know, the whip, the children, like the children of color. It doesn't like, it's not adding up and it doesn't make sense at all. And it, I mean, it, it lends itself to like the bigger idea of what's going on with the police 
and the idea that like you know black people are inherently criminal or that they're inherently like you know they're supposed to be the criminals in society so we're going to arrest them more or we're going to charge them more and it, it it's it's a perfect example is looking at our schools it's like its own little mini you know ecosystem of what's going on you can't reform it there's no point in trying to do so and the fact that administrators are just trying to paint it as something that can be changed by um just asking the cops to try and build a better relationship with kids it's not going to work especially after all of these years it's been happening over and over and over you're seeing no change with this why why do you think that this one time after students are trying to come out with you with a solution you think that you could try it again and it'll work this time they're they're afraid that they're afraid of change i don't i don't see why but they're afraid of it they're afraid that like if you don't ask a cop to try harder to build a relationship with these kids when clearly all they want to do all day is just stand there and intimidate these kids not even try to talk to them unless they like don't have their mask on correctly or something i don't i don't know um, their idea badge is like their idea badge is behind them instead of in front of them um yeah it, there's no point in reforming it because you can't it's impossible you you see all these statistics it's gone too far you need to stop it right now before it goes even further yeah i mean the very origins of policing in our country come from chattel slavery like it comes directly from the inherent oppression of black people and, and people of color so it's like the idea that we can possibly reform something that was slavery is like weird and stupid and dumb and comes directly from white people like like looking at oh well this system that was used to you know catch slaves that left their plantations is like gonna be great for doing a non-racist reform program like and then we just keep throwing money at the problem like I use kind of the analogy of like looking at, at, at policing as a cancer. And if you have cancer that starts in the heart or starts in the lungs or something, and then it, you know, it spreads to the kidney or it spreads to the brain or it spreads to the skin, you can't just be like, oh, we're going to treat the skin cancer and everything else will be fine. Like you have to look at where it started and, and then you have to treat every individual part of it. You can't just treat one part that you think is a problem. Like the you know, militarization of police, that's a big problem, but that's not the only problem. There are so many things. The SROs are a problem with policing, but like we have to attack that. And we also have to attack the very notion of what policing is in this country. I think that's a really good analogy for um, the kind of the state we're in with police right now. I think a lot of it and, and in Kentucky, but also across the US too, has to do with the, the carceral society that we're in right now, where you go to some parts of Kentucky and prisons are the majority uh, employer of that of that town um people people are that's just the thing to do in that town and a lot of i think the value if you can even say that the reason that there are so many prisons prevalent in kentucky um and across the united states um by far has to be the 13th amendment um where you know it's it's free or very extremely cheap labor um these prisoners are getting paid you know cents per day um and that i think is just too it's too tempting for these uh businesses for these state governments for the state houses um to pass that up and so they are i guess identifying students or they're just saying you know this section of society when you're a student you're destined to um just do free labor for us it's a it's a whole 
workaround of of slavery and it's still it's modern slavery essentially yeah it's 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 definitely legalized it's 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 um i think it's been kind of bastardized in a way like it's already bastardized but kind of like i don't know they're kind of putting a disney twist on it and being like "Ooh, look they're helping us or like okay for example when california had wildfires and they were like look at these prisoners out doing labor for us and everyone was like oh i was like no wait this is not they shouldn't be like they should be doing this of their own free will you know if they wanted to stop the wildfires and become a police officer like i mean a firefighter you know that's that's a good thing but like being like hey you know people that we have put basically no human value on we're gonna put you in uniforms and we're gonna send you out to go fight wildfires that you haven't really been trained for and we're gonna pay you oh i don't know seven cents and they're like yeah let's do that like that's what are we doing and it, it, and the idea that like this is a good thing or it's somehow reforming our prisoners the the, the prison system is not for reforming and it never has been like you put people in a prison where they are like dehumanized and they are looked at as animals, as wild animals. And then you take them out of the prison and you put them into a parole system that is making them destined for failure. And then you're like, they'll do great, you know? Or if they don't, oh, I'll see you back here in six months. And it goes on and on and on. And you're, and they don't look at the socioeconomic effects of it. And they don't look at the, you know, what's going on in these communities to make this happen. And they don't look at like the fact that our police system is so incredibly corrupt and bastardized that now like, you know, anything that a black person is doing, they can find a way to make it illegal and they can find a way to put that person in jail. And it's, it's disgusting and you're seeing it in our schools. And that is what like, I think a perfect example of what's going on is if you're putting, you know, if you're if you're taking a population of, you know, 2500 kids in a high school and kids are stupid sometimes and they do dumb things sometimes, like they jewel or they smoke weed, but you know, they're they're kids who who really is like this is a major problem. This is an epidemic like okay, Reagan, but that's it. But like the old like the the deep problem is that we're putting people in these schools that are like trained to see other people as prey or as like you know like i'm the hunter i'm the wolf i'm the alpha and these are all my little minions and i'm going to tell them what to do at all times is like whoa you know really weird and really messed up and if we're you know if we're expecting these sros to like have a form a good relationship with these kids while carrying a handgun that a lot of people have trauma from guns and be like they'll be fine They'll be good. It'll be great. They'll form great relationships and we'll all go home and hold hands and sing Kumbaya around a bonfire. And it's ridiculous. It's like, I don't understand it. And especially since Andy's uh, armed officer bill from last year, which <laughs> it's required requires, I think it was at least one officer be armed, but um, I guess we can, we can kind of pivot to the 10 point safety plan. Cause this, this is truly diseased. The 10 point safety plan, um, literally like the first one, the first point is to have teams of five officers per high school and then six officers to cover 12 middle schools. And then obviously they're all going to be armed, which is just, it's just like, how do you, you're, you're treating, you know, a, a perceived problem with a completely different and ineffective, proven ineffective method of intimidation and just this brutality i think it's absolutely insane that i i okay i think it did come from a place of complete ignorance of being like 
we can solve school shoot but i also think that's stupid because everyone saw the officer in the parkland shooting literally leave like he literally he walked he literally walked away from the high school like he was like mm, and it's just it's an intimidation tactic i don't think there's anything more to it they i mean you can try and act like it was to stop school shootings or it's to make us feel safe i would feel 10 times more safe if there were freaking like rooms just full of like different sensory items or anything like that that can or any program or anything to help neurodivergent people or anyone like at all times like literally just like a therapy room or something like that like a therapy dog in the schools you know how much more safe I would feel and I'd also love to see like the statistic of like school shootings like the number of school shootings in Fayette County versus the number of suicides um I'd love to see that because I can't name any school shooting in Fayette County, but off the top of my head, within the past like three years, I can name at least like two young people that have killed themselves. And the support after and before that is like genuinely insane. And I think even the wording, like team of a squad of four, back up, like, no, it's just so disgusting to me. And they do act like a team, like they act like they're ready to just like tackle anyone they can down. And I just, it may, it's, I think it's mind boggling. Like there's no support for their claim. They cannot support their claim because there's absolutely no facts proving that that does anything to help anyone ever except for cops. So, yeah, they're using a gang to stop gang violence. And it's like, number one, there's not even that much gang violence in Fayette County, Kentucky. Like we're not a big, you know, gang area. They don't convene here, you know. So the idea that we're like protecting against you know, school shootings is is ridiculous when like the police are probably more likely to kill students in schools than a school shooter is. And I mean, and furthermore, if you look at statistics of like police violence, like police brutality is the number one thing that there are that, like that misdemeanors on police are filed for. But number two is like sexual assault. And that's a big problem because if you're putting like gross 30 year old men on in a school environment with like 16, 17, 15, 14 year old girls, there is proven evidence that something bad will happen. Like there is statistical, like it, it doesn't, it's like they have worms for brains. There's no evidence to prove that that school, res, school resource officers like look like a cop, smell like a cop, you're gonna be a cop. So there's no school resource, like there's no evidence that school resource officers are gonna do anything to help any of these situations. I've lost friends to suicide and I've lost friends to, you know, to violence and and there's no support for that. There's no, we didn't like, we lost, I think a couple of schools in Fayette County lost people to suicide and there was no announcement about it. There was no one saying, hey, we should like maybe have like mental health professionals reach out to these students because having a friend of yours commit suicide is like really dramatic. But like we didn't have anything like that, you know, and but and and we say like, we'll just get we'll put more cops in our schools to prevent you know school shootings, which is completely reactionary politics. It's like, you know, and it doesn't it just doesn't add up that you, you have like violence in our schools and mental health problems and they're like these two are going to add up and we're going to put eight million officers in our schools and all of our problems will be solved it's like ridiculous and that's that's true across the state too um when i was a senior i lost a friend to suicide and the school did not do a single thing um there was like a community organized effort for kind of like a memorial service 
um, afterwards, but that was that was really about it. The school didn't really have a response. Um, they, I think they just said like a, a student, you know, committed suicide or something like that. They didn't, um, really bring attention to the huge mental health crisis that is going on and is not being talked about or taken seriously, um, in a lot of our schools. Absolutely. It's really bizarre to me that people don't um, even look at like the source of the issue either, because it's, it's not, people don't just go to school wanting to bring a gun in there just because one day they wake up wanting to bring a gun in there. Like, they, I have an idea for today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have an underlying issue that has been happening to them and they need support for that. And an SRO is not going to cut it. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah. I also like, I know so many people like in my own life and like in my family that have like, gotten into huge trouble for bringing a gun to schools and this is something um that was brought up in our meeting with like a bunch of the district officials when they were like "Mm, we'll listen but we definitely meet the student to counselor ratio and I was like bull fucking shit like you're dumb and stupid and I was really mad but anyways um they're like they'll just like criminalize and penalize students for like bringing a gun to school but then not realize that the reason that some people are bringing guns to school is because they have to take like six different buses to get to school and how unsafe it is in the areas that they live how unsafe it is at their homes and then not provide any support beyond that they're just like <laughs> get out like get out of school like go back to like then it's just pushing students that are deemed as bad because all the kids that do end up bringing guns to schools for their own safety are already seen as bad kids and it's just i think it's i think it's absolutely insane and i also think it's absolutely insane what elodie was talking about the sexual assault around police officers which like first of all i can't name a single woman that i know or like femme identifying person that does not feel threatened by like an old man like standing there looking at you like this like no but they're deemed as staff members which means they can interact with students whenever or like like at all same like a teacher can like come into a bathroom, you know, and to like make sure no one's no one's doing drugs, uh, you know, silly kids doing drugs, but they can do that. Like they can come into a bathroom, like they can do, they can interact with students like literally whenever they want to because they're deemed as staff members. And I think that's absolute bogus. Like that's crazy to me. And I think it, I would love to know like people's stories or like genuine statistics about how many like Fayette County SROs have like sexually assaulted someone because it's happened I guarantee you it has yeah absolutely and I think you know but what both uh Ali and Melody have brought up has been really you know interesting and, and and is absolutely true and and specifically around you know the year before I started at my high school Henry Clay there a kid brought a gun to school with no express like idea of committing a school shooting but he was a kid who had to walk through a dangerous neighborhood. And I'm not excusing him bringing a gun to school. That was like a stupid idea. You probably shouldn't have brought a gun to school. But he was walking through two really bad neighborhoods and he was genuinely afraid for his life. But we looked at that and we said, we're gonna put him in prison. We're gonna send him to jail because he was an idiot and he brought a gun to school and he probably wanted to kill a lot of people. And it's like, you don't know that and you're not looking at the causes of this. And maybe if you had reached out to him before that and you said, is there anything we can do to help you feel safer? Is there any way we can make your bus route safer? You know, so you don't have to walk through neighborhoods where you're afraid you might get shot and killed. Like that would have solved the problem and you wouldn't have a kid bringing a gun to school because he is genuinely terrified for his life. Like there is, a problem and people are ignoring it 
and 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 it's sickening to me and micheline our founder talked about this and she said i have felt safer learning at home than i ever felt being in school and that is horrifying to hear because i hate the idea that my friends and my peers are more like excited to be at home and learn in a like environment that might not be as mentally healthy to them as school is it was surrounded maybe by people who are not good for them you know than be in a school environment where they should feel safe that's sickening and that's horrible and we have another member of our team grayson who has you know he's uh he's talked about his experiences and his friends experiences um having uh, autism and having you know certain uh you know disabilities like that and and their experiences with police which are like insane i mean like the, the i was there's some statistic about corporal punishment in kentucky schools which is like oh god like are we in the 1800s and the the majority of people who are you know getting corporally punished in high kentucky high schools are disabled people and that's like what are we doing we are beating we are beating disabled people in our schools because they do something that doesn't fit with the guidelines of what we deem as a society to be acceptable these kids a lot of them don't understand the what they're doing and they don't understand that it's wrong or that it's somehow bad and that's sickening that's so gross that we're like we're criminalizing this behavior and specifically if you look at like people of color with disabilities the statistics are even worse you know because your police officers are seeing these kids and these adults who are people of color as threats and then they're having somewhat abnormal behavior you know quote unquote abnormal behavior and they're saying oh well there's no other option i felt threatened for my life you know if it's a if it's a 15 year old kid with asperger's and you felt threatened for your life quit your job because you shouldn't be in a position where you were able to take a human life and then write it off as you were afraid for your life that's ridiculous and people like, you know, and in the case of, of, of George Floyd, Floyd and Derek Chauvin, like saying, like, there is no reason why anybody should be afraid for your life. He was on the ground. He was in handcuffs. So there's like no, that argument, you can look at that and be like, okay, yeah, for sure. You were afraid for your life. Yeah. And I'm the queen of England. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. And it has this, it has horrible after effects on our communities and specifically our communities of color and our communities that have disabilities. And everyone is ignoring this. You know, everyone who has a position to change it is ignoring it. In the, uh, in the statistics, um, I'm going to bring this up and then we can move on. There's one last thing I want to talk about um, from the 10-point plan. But in the statistics, uh, they don't have any categories for uh, mental illness or anything like that. It's just uh, they have race and they have socioeconomic status. Um, and that's really about it. And those people that, you know, are unfortunately seeing the result of this militarized police state in the schools are being labeled as just troubled students, um, just like they're a, they're like a chronic problem that that are, is just like you know inherent to schools is that that's what they think. Um, but this last this last thing that I want to talk about this is very fascinating and I want to hear your opinions of this. Um, this is uh, point eight social media monitoring, going through. There, there's this, so for the listener, the current policy is administrators investigate reports. So to me, that says that if there's some report of harassment or if somebody says, oh, like, I'm going to 
you know, do something crazy, they're going to go on like that student's Twitter and I guess look it up. Um, but the proposed change is for they're going to contract some other company to monitor uh, social media across multiple platforms and alert the school districts for when they think something bad is going to happen, which is just a complete invasion of privacy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, we've eliminated free speech. It is no longer existing. Um, we're just not going to do it anymore. I think they're a little sick and tired of it. Um, and we just don't want our students to have any free thought anymore, you know, and privacy. Whew, what is that? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't make sense. And that was, I read the 10 point safety plan and I was like, that's weird. Are we going to do like some Cambridge Analytica thing and, and somehow like, you know, work around our, our students free speech? Because if they go look at my Twitter, all they're going to see is like me being a, a dumbass online. Like they're, you're not gonna like i'm not harass like i don't think anyone is harassing anybody you know it, it's it's just like weird it doesn't make sense like that's what you're gonna focus on you're gonna devote resources to that really not like not like in school bullying we're gonna ignore that okay that's cool awesome guys thank you so much thank god they can see me say that i hate the police on my instagrams thank god <laughs> thank god they could tell me like that i should like i just that's so weird to me but i have had friends i don't know and this is related to that because I don't know how accessible the like metadata that they have is, but I do, I have had friends that like, they are stupid for this, but they have posted like their little guns on social media because that's like a thing people do, um, which is stupid. And I'm not saying that's a smart thing, but then like being like in trouble with the law afterwards, you know, or like posting like god forbid they post them like smoking a blunt like oh god they're a threat to society now and like i've had friends that do that and get in trouble i don't know if it's from the social media monitoring from schools though or if it's just feds being online yeah, but i think it's interesting if it is it's not in school behavior that they're monitoring exactly i think it's so hilarious how like they want to take away um support like real support for students and put in sros instead but they also want to take away like an escape for many teenagers, which is social media. So there's really no way out for us to, you know, you can't, you can't input and you can't output. So what are you going to do? You're going to be stuck at home with like OCD or depression or anxiety or something of the sort. And you have nothing to do with it. You just have to contain it inside of you because you have no support. You have no support system. Well, because as we all know, depression is fake and it's just, you know, email yeah. no, so just write out your thoughts. Have you all been told that when every time you go to a counselor, they're just like, just write it down. Like, just, just write down your thoughts. Counselors only care about those sort of things. Like, they, yeah. they want to go to the next person. Yeah, because they have That's so much to do, which is, again, yeah. like, I mean, you have, like, three counselors for, like, I mean, it's, it is crazy, which is why, like, in our demands, we, like, we want more trained counselors and personnel. So not people that are just, like, I can talk to students like no people that are like actually like aware of different like mental health issues like the same like if you know are like psychiatrists and things like that that can be there for students that can't afford like That's actual like they can't afford that child so, psychologists that are trained in how to talk to children about their trauma i would love to actually have accessibility to a trained psychologist and i know so many people that are consistently deemed as bad or not focused in their schooling which are disproportionately black students would love to be sent to a psychologist rather than ISS, which ISS is its own fucking thing. I have so much beef with ISS as a concept. I think it's the dumbest thing ever. People will get sent to ISS for literally wearing a do-rag. 
And you're telling me there's no racial motivation at all. No, no discrepancies in FCPS at all. FCPS is so beautiful, liberal, everything wonderful. It's, it makes me vomit and want to die. I just, that's the only way I can describe it. I mean, have you, have you tried simply not being sad? There we go. You hit the nail right on the head, honestly. I mean, I just like to listen to music that I like. You know, it really helps a little bit. We were talking about like the surveillance of what our students are going to be doing online. Um, the NSA popped up on my Twitter. <laughs> Who knows, man? Maybe they're already listening. They're trying to. <laughs> they're telling you they're listening. Follow them. I mean. Uh, but yeah, this whole social media thing is just really weird and like doesn't really add up you know because like what Ali was saying is that a lot of this like social media is an escape for a lot of people you know especially specifically people who have really hard home lives or who are going through really tough things being able to express those thoughts online can be really helpful like I don't want to write down my thoughts I want to shit post on Twitter and no one will stop me from doing that <laughs> you know I'm going to be on there I'm going to retweet Hassan Piker and I'm going to be sad online no one can stop me and 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 this you know, the way that we're going about it is, is really weird. And it doesn't, you know, the, like, we're, we're, like I said before, we're taking the specific things that like people have deemed be, to be problems, like online cyber bullying, which is like, just close the computer and walk away. You know, uh, it's pretty easy to not, you know, I'm not simplifying it, but like a lot of the time it's, it's really, it, 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 they, they think it's way worse than it actually is. And it's the same with like peer pressure, you know, it's not real things. Those don't happen. But, um, you know, in the way that we're going about dealing with our students' mental health is, is really weird. And it just, it, it kind of shows that it's more than a disconnect at this point between generations. It's, it's willful neglect of what our students are doing. And it's ignoring the fact that there are systemic problems with what's going on in our school district and our, and our students. And we need to seriously reevaluate what we as a as a country and specifically we as a county are doing you know and and we're we're not asking for really ridiculous crazy communist things we're asking for like legitimate we have legitimate grievances and we are scared and we are worried and we want to make sure that we have a good in-school environment on top of all of the many other things that we're all dealing with it's not just you know mental health it's also this plethora of issues that we as students and specifically we as young people have been had have had forced upon us whether that's climate change or police brutality or racism or sexism or all these things that we feel should have been solved before we came along that are now being we feel like are being forced upon us and you know by people who should have solved those problems so taking away resources like you know, our school, our, our school nurses and our, our freedom of, of, of speech and our freedom of like movement online is, it, it, it is, like I said, it's beyond not understanding it's willful neglect. And it, it's a, it's a situation where if you, if, if this was a, you know, a parent and a child, you would take that child away from the parent, right? That would be a situation for like, you know, foster care, you know, we need to put this child into a better situation and we need to have this child you know, in a better place, but because it's our school doing it and because it's our government doing it, it's somehow okay. And that doesn't, it doesn't add up. And it makes me really sick to my stomach because we are, we're doing this willfully and we are doing it, you know, ignoring the realities of what's going on in our schools. And it's disgusting. I could not have said it any better myself. We're, we're running a little bit close to time here. 
So one last thing, I guess you can each, you can, all three of you can talk about this is if let's say you're listening to this and um, you know, you can't attend the rally, you're really interested in <clears throat> getting, getting the word out, you know, changing how schools are run fundamentally. Uh, what do you, what do you say to those people who, who want to help? Um, what, you know, what can they do? Where can they go? I think the best, you know, one of the best things that you can do is reach out to the, the student council and reach out, not student council, but like, you know, our, our school board and reach out to our superintendent and express to them how you feel about this, you know, post about it on social media. Awareness is really important about this whole thing. You know, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your you know kids, tell your, you know, everyone that you can possibly find um, to let them know what's going on and, and educate yourself. That's really also important is understanding the, the problems um, and not, you know, going about it in a way that, well, there's both sides, you know, to the whole thing, really understand uh, what's going on and how, you know, whether that be on social media or, you know, through, you know, your own, you know, research like that. We have um, Instagram, we, we have Instagram, we have Twitter. I think we also have a Facebook where we yep. post a lot of resources. Uh, Ali does really great infographics, so go check those out. And, um, you know, just any any uh, social media or any, any help like that that you guys can offer would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah we'll, we'll have those links in the show notes. Yeah. Um, write emails, um, write letters to our principals, to the school board. Our principals are not understanding. <laughs> we put flyers up. One of my principals took them down. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that they don't understand yet. And I think that if you do write those things out and express how you feel and express your voice to those people, they are eventually going to have to understand because all of these people understand and it's, it's, it's expressed by many people, but they, they won't, they won't see that until you reach out and you need, we need to reach out. <laughs> yeah. We currently have um, a phone dialer, which will connect you to each of the school board members and most of our phones here, but it should be somewhere on the social media. And we do our weekly Zoom calls, come to the Zoom meeting. It's so fun. It's always very exciting. Just like to learn more about the campaign and what you can do to help. We do meetings with like school board members, equity council members, like different people in the community that are influential. Um, uh, we have letter writing campaigns. I think we're uh, after the rally, we'll probably do another round of letter writing. Just come to Zooms, just like be there um, or be square, obviously. But yeah, you know, just for you can do so much, like even on your own screen. Um, but yeah, reaching out to officials, like letting your own relational group know, educating yourself and being like, damn, that's crazy. Like, damn, like 92% of charges are brought upon black students. Like, that's fucking crazy. It's very real. And I think learning and like listening to people and sharing your own information with your own people in your own group and parents and stuff like that and getting everyone around you to like just really like make calls uh write letters and things like that and just like keep but keep your tab open on counselors over cops on instagram our zooms go our zooms are every monday at seven you can sign up um if you're on instagram i'll put it in the twitter bio as well if you use instagram or twitter more frequently um, if you're on Instagram, I have a link tree and you can click on that and you can sign up for our Zoom meetings. Anyone is welcome. Um, the more the merrier for sure. Um, yeah, every Monday at seven. So I hope to see you all there for sure. And all those links are going to be, again, in the show notes. I encourage the listener to check those out. Um, do you guys have any any final parting thoughts before we, before we go? Um, just... 
uh, keep the awareness going. That's a big problem with a lot of movements is, you know, they die out and a lot of people forget about it. Um, but it's a real, it's a reality for all of us, you know, for me, Melody and Allie, um, it's a, we're living this experience and it, it, it is real and it is happening to us and it is happening to our friends. Um, and we just really need the movement to keep going and we need this to happen. It's not just a, you know, a frivolous want, it is a systemic injustice that is happening and we need help now. I don't know if said it better, but yeah, also thank you for this opportunity. Like, great, it's incredible to be here and I can't wait to listen, so. Yeah, this will be this will be live. Uh, hopefully, sometime Sunday. Uh, but I, I'll say it's you know it's been a pleasure talking to you three. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you all get up to in the future. I can I'm I'm ready to read about you in the Herald Leader, uh, not during an interview. I'm ready for Beth Musgraves to write about you. Uh, hopefully, sometime soon. Thank you so much, and we hope to see you guys on the rally on Wednesday. Yeah, there. So exciting. Yes, that rally is actually um, yeah Wednesday from three to five, FCPS former administration building. That's the one across from Savs. Um, and with that, it has happened again. You have blasted through another perfectly good hour listening to Lame. We'd like to thank our esteemed executive producer, Charlie Carey, uh, Jenry, who could not make it today, and all of the guests, uh, Ali, Elodie, Melody, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, and even though the uh, superintendent of FCPS actually puts a firewall on all podcasts whenever he hears us say it, this is lame. Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on?